Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Creating a Village. What up, gang? Today's Today's a very special episode. Actually, today we have a new format. Um, This format is going to be called Village Voice, and it's where we'll take questions from the village and we'll just ask them to whatever guest is on um for that episode so yes but for those who are new i'm your host millie here to help nurture the village within you and (laughs) and as you can see we have a very very special guest with us today can you please introduce yourself for the audience oh it did it it did the hard time Oh, that's so cute. Right? My name is Muna Hilouf. I am a social media specialist and just all-around loving, fun person. I'm super excited to be here with you guys. Yes. No, she really is an all-around loving person. Like, she's the best person in the world. Oh, my goodness. My whole heart. (laughs) Okay. Um, Jesus. I know. But no pressure at all. But so for Village Voice, like I was saying earlier, we're just going to sit down with different guests to explore life's pivotal themes through Mm -hmm. casual yet effective conversations. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do the what is this called? I'm going to spin the wheel so we can come up with a question. Mm -hmm. The wheel is spinning. 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 And it has landed on the number six. Yay! Okay. So what is question number six? Question number six is, tell us about a unique tradition or value from your culture that has significantly influenced you. So before we even get into that, I guess we should kind of like introduce our backgrounds, our cultures, like how we see that for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a great question. I come from two backgrounds, if you will. At least I consider them that way because of how um, life has kind of taught me they are separate. Mm. Um, I am African-American in the sense that my mother was born in America. She is, her parents are Black. They grew up in like Oklahoma and I think Kansas or something like that. But my father is straight from Ethiopia Um, specifically the country of Tigray, which is like in the middle of Ethiopia and Eritrea. So I've had very different upbringings in some ways, but very similar upbringings or up Mm. and upbringing because I'm acting like I had seven lives. (laughs) It feels like it sometimes. (laughs) No, you can get seven lives in in one. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, in a lot of ways, they're extremely different. And then in some ways, I'll say spiritually, um, when it comes to like family values, of course, uh, even language and conversation in some ways are similar, Uh, Mm. uh, but everything else is is pretty, (laughs) pretty different. So um, from a Black American standpoint, um, well, before I get into that, go ahead and I guess express your background. Um, Yes. As far as I know, I'm I'm black. I like to say I'm black because African American to me is like I have some connection, like 
gen like knowing connection to Africa. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, I don't know that that's <laughs> that's the thing I don't. <laughs> um, so I'll say like I I identify as black. Um, <laughs> and my mom is from Atlanta, Georgia. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and my dad is from New Jersey. So yeah, and I know I have a culture. But majority of the time, I just feel like I just be living life. I feel like my culture is America, American. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. but I have been asked if I was Ethiopia. We could be related. For sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. When I first saw your mom, I was like, Somalian, something. You're somewhere. So She's uh, like, okay. No, I definitely want to do like an ancestry test, though, to see what's going on mm-hmm. yeah because my my dad had an aunt who maybe she passed like last year or the year before mm-hmm. but we found out um that she was from i don't think she was from saint vincent but she was from an island nice. over there and i was like oh okay so my dad is probably something and there's like a there's an island that the milligans are like an actual thing okay. on Okay. And so we were like, oh, okay. But we, we never explored more into it. Um, gotcha. Yes. <laughs> I, to be honest with you, I would like just recalling why Ethi- me being o- Ethiopian is like a thing. In mm. school, when people would ask me my name and I would say Muna, I'm a kid, so I think it's regular, right? I'm like, yeah. Muna. They're like, you know, what's that? <laughs> So that, you know, I believe that I would have the same kind of like experience as far as like, I'm American, you know, yeah. Um, if it had not been for like that kind of like side eye that I get from everybody, mm-hmm. even just with like, without me saying anything with me talking, because I don't have like an accent or anything like that. So even with, you know, me talking, they're just like, I knew you were something when I said <laughs> You know, it's just like, okay, you're making this weird. I'm not. Yeah, no, because that's why I'm not I knew you for something. Excuse me? A human? <laughs> I remember this one time this dude was like, Muna. I was like, yeah, he was like, is it short for something? I said, what would it be short for? Let me just hear where you're going with this. What would this be short for? I don't know, like, sure, Muna. Okay, bye. That's, that's it. I'm I'm good. Have Wait a minute! Day. Not Shamuna, like Shabuya, Shabuya. Roll call. I'm done. Weak. Quite literally. No, that is so funny. Yeah. Wait. Okay. I'm sorry if there's a Shamuna out there. That's a nice right? name. Oh, sorry, Little Muna. Well, okay. So the sidebar. I I have Nigerian friends, like Nigerian and Ghanaian friends, and so in Ghana. Muna, no, in Nigerian, Muna Chi means like God is in me. But mm. then in Ghana, my Muna is like sister, like you're you're everybody's sister. So Muna, uh, right? I was like that. Yeah. Both both of those are you. Those I are you. Know. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You know, makes sense Because <laughs> I do. I feel like I I call myself. I think it's on my Instagram. I call myself everybody's favorite cousin. I just. I love yes. people. I love people. Yes, and people love you. Okay. I love you. You're amazing. <laughs> I love you. Okay, that was just a sidebar. So back to the question. I forgot what the question was. How does your environment, or how does your background, what? Um, 
Tell us about a unique tradition or value from your culture that has significantly influenced you. So from my mother's side, we like Christmas is a thing with my family. Mm -hmm. Um, Christmas in the sense of like how we spend it, time spent together. Uh, Thanksgiving is not really as important as it is in most, like, you know, most black families. Yeah. Um, and like I've seen, pe- you know, people celebrate all types of stuff together. We <laughs> come together for, you know, yes. for things. But having Christmas, like us, all of us being together for Christmas is a is a huge thing in my family. And so that has taught me like the value of like hosting people mm. and them really showing up for people in the way that I do in my own life, like separate from my family, being that favorite cousin, being that sister. Um, yeah. My grandma will like, so my grandma cooks the waffles, my grandpa uh-huh. cooks the pancakes, and then me and my auntie like do the meats and stuff like that. So like cooking for the kids, um, making sure that our elders get a plate, you know, um, the banter of cooking, small stuff like letting your uncle try to bake it, make sure it's crispy, you know, all the little yeah. things just to create that level of like really love, grace community again so that that I'll say has influenced how I show up in all settings with people I just try to be like of service if you will um but still of course like be myself like I'm not yeah we'll we'll unpack that later yeah um (laughs) and then on my dad's side I'd say similar um one of the things that we do is called gursha so with that it, food, I'm hungry. Okay. Like, I was like, both of these examples are based on food. No, I um, relate. Okay. When you're, when you're first trying Ethiopian food or like what we call in Jeddah, um, the person who is like the oldest in the household or the person who invited the person who's trying the food mm-hmm. will grab like the first bite. And it's not no small bite. It's like... Uh, like enough to fill my hand so we eat with our mm. hands let me start there right hand only because the left hand is used for other things that uh-huh. we shall not name on this podcast amen um so okay yeah right hand only and you have to basically grab the food inside of the bread the injetta mm-hmm. and you let the person eat from your hand ah so it's called good okay same thing builds community for me um it shows me the value of sharing and just like helping people to feel welcome in a space where they're not like you know it's not a normal environment oh that's so nice I didn't even think of like that connection mm-hmm. of like the outside people mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. it's it's it was like a um like a way for people to kind of like tribally connect as well. Mm. Um, a little bit of history about like Ethiopian Eritrea in particular. They um, have been kind of at war for a while. The reason my dad came over here is because he's a refugee from that particular war. So um, there's there's been a lot of like just hard relations between um, the cultures, people who are like closer to uh, the Mediterranean Sea, and then those, of course, who are more like inland. So it was a way of people to kind of just bring in tribal peace, like small things, um, sharing coffee with each other. You know, it's, it's a lot of little traditions, but that that's the main one that's like, that's taught me how to just share, be kind, loving, mm-hmm. community-centered. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is so nice. I went to an Ethiopian restaurant for the first time, like last week. I went to um, Desta. Yes. Yes. It was so nice. Hi. Yeah. And, like they said, you eat with your hands. After a while, it's like, okay, let me just put all this on my plate. <laughs> but it was really nice. The food was really good. Good. The tea, like they had, um, uh, like when you ask for a tea, they give you spiced water before mm -hmm. like without the tea. And I was like, oh, this is nice. Don't even need no honey. It's just, it was really nice. It was a really nice experience. So tea is called shahi in our country. Mm, shahi. Yeah. They they do they put like a, like in the coffee they put brown sugar and cinnamon. It's it's a mm. lot of little things that they do that's like, oh okay. Yeah. Um but the next time you go, don't go to Desta. I smiled, but don't go to Desta. <laughs> Desta is not authentic. Desta is the bougie Ethiopian food. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, I was just going with a friend. They're like, oh, yeah, let's go to Desta. I was like, sure. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you said you enjoyed it, but did you, you like the food? It, was it too spicy? Or just kind of tell me your experience. Um, I enjoyed it. The person who ordered, like, um, they ordered lamb. Mm -hmm. steak or beef uh there was a fish that i was yeah. not a fan of like i don't know what it was but the texture i don't know it was weird but there's shrimp and then there was the lentils i really yeah. like the lentils and lentils are really good mm -hmm. um and i really like the cabbage yeah cabbage is really good too yeah and the what's the bread called again in jetta yeah okay when I was first eating, I was like, okay, I could get behind this. And then after a while, it was like, no more bread, okay. just food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. sourdough tasted, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, no, because it would, and I also think I probably wasn't getting a lot of food inside of it because it would be like, I would eat the food and then it would just be the bread left. And because the bread doesn't have like that much of a taste, it was like, mm -hmm. I'm just chewing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to leave you over there. <laughs> we're gonna participate in this yes and now i need a fork <laughs> nice That's yeah so but nice. i liked it always cool to hear okay so what about you what um, what um how has your community and your background shaped your experiences or like how you show it yeah i'll say definitely seeing my family they're just okay let me think when I think of like my childhood and what I remember most or like what I feel like influenced me most to be like who I am today, I see my aunt and just how generous she was with like my cousins and family and not even family, strangers and mm -hmm. people who, who say they need assistance. I feel like you're having a flashback, like a <laughs> subtle, subtle yes. situation. Yeah, because I I don't know people's situations, but sometimes, you know, it seems like people can take advantage, but, yeah. you know, give them benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, and then, like, my mom, my mom was extremely involved, like, in my school life. Um, like, when I transferred elementary schools, because I'll say seven under – my mom was like working at Delta, so I didn't see her that often. But gotcha. then after that, like as she had my sister, she was like always around the PTA meetings. Teachers know her, just involved volunteering all the time. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like who I am today. But I'll say like my family, 
we're not particularly like a close-knit family mm-hmm. like we see each other and it's nice um so I think like my most influential moments of like from my childhood are kind of seeing my mom and my aunt and even my dad like on occasion just out in community mm-hmm. and being there for people yes I don't know yeah no, that was that was, a, yeah. that was good. <laughs> I was thinking about you and I talking. Um, you know, we were at New Birth and you were telling me mm. like you guys eat dinner together, every, or you know, not every Sunday, mm. but you you eat dinner together. I don't think that was me because I haven't eaten like together with my family probably since elementary school. I thought at your dad's house or something like that. Oh well, no. Okay, recently, like. Because my dad has moved into, like, a bigger house. He, like, will host, like, Thanksgiving or, like, with the holidays now. And so his family will come down from, like, New Jersey, Minnesota. And then now we're eating together. But, yeah, no, like, on a regular basis. Okay. Someone's in their room. Not someone. I'm in my room. (laughs) Uh, Like, we're just scattered all over the place. And that definitely comes from, like... I think we ate more as a family because we were all kind of eating the same things. Mm -hmm. But then my dad became a raw vegan, um, like for health reasons. And so then there's just like this split of food and, you know, different timetables for when this is going to be done. And eh, there's a lot of factors, but it just kind of stopped. Yeah, I got you. you. Yeah. So, I mean, we're cool like yeah yeah but we're just family yeah <laughs> no I, I understand that my my home life or like my childhood is kind of scattered as well in that way um my mom and dad like my parents only child is me I'm mm. the only one that they had together my dad had a child with another woman my mom had a child with another man before me Mm-hmm. Oh, my dad actually had two kids. I just thought my oldest brother. So, like, everybody scattered. And then both of them got remarried, and they had kids. And so I'm the only yeah. person that, like, combines everybody. It's, like, ten of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only person in the middle that, like, makes everybody's relationship make sense. So I get okay. it. I get it. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's exhausting. I can say that, uh-huh. you know. But again, like, I think all of our influence, like our, our experiences rather are building us to be who we're going to become, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I sit and I pray and I think about like why God allowed me to be in the middle of the spaghetti junction, you know, I'm like, obviously I'm going to yeah. have like some sort of Fortune 500 company or something. No, I've been thinking that recently. And like, as I've been kind of reading the Bible, like, you know, the whole like Proverbs 31 woman, Mm -hmm. and just like, kind of looking back on like Bible culture and how when a woman gets married, they move into the family home versus like, just straight off going off with the husband. And so it's kind of made me think differently about how I'm approaching my family dynamics because I have a blended family as well Mm -hmm. um (laughs) the way I was about to say this was good so I have an older brother um Mm -hmm. on my dad's side and 
I I have an older sister on my dad's side. Um, and so like when I was thinking, and my dad's an entrepreneur. So mm -hmm. at first I was thinking, oh, and then the, the home that we're in now, my dad is like, I want this to be a family home. So just coming from the Bible perspective of the firstborn gets the oh. stuff or whatever. Yeah, the home, yeah. businesses, okay. And for a while, the responsibility was kind of like falling on me because my brother's in journalism. He knows what he wants to do. And I just happened to be like the main person that people go to for things. But then I was thinking, okay, well, I'll let my brother, you know, if I don't know when he's going to get married. I don't even think he's like thinking about it. But I was thinking, what happens if he gets married? Who, how does this house thing work? What is all this going on? Mm -hmm. And then I have an older sister that comes into the picture. So now I'm like, okay, do we get these things? Like, but I'm realizing in actuality, a lot of the things people, my dad, my mom, they come to me and they're like, these are things that need to be taken care of if we're not here. And I'm like, I'm not the only person here. <laughs> But everything like keeps coming to me. I'm like, okay, I understand. And I'm trying to get into being more responsible and actually paying attention. I pay attention, but you know, keeping it We're in my head. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, these are where files are. This is what did 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 did. Okay. But I, I still think it's crazy because I'm not the oldest. <laughs> I'm not. I get it. I get it. I, I, I get it. You're not alone. I get it. I'm the third from the youngest, so I'm like, oh, okay. It's about 18 of y'all in front of me. I digress. I digress. You're the Joseph of the family. Ah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He got sold. Just keep living. Life's going to feel like that. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No. God, God forbid. Yeah. But that's a, that's a nice perspective to look at it from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. he got sold. Uh, he was treated differently, but it paid again. It paid off. There was a reason because it's not just family. It can't be, you know. Yeah, God, God knows what we need. It can't just be family. So it has to be something that allows um, for all these things to make sense, man. Yeah. Even though it may be 30 years from now. I don't know how long. He, what was he in prison for? 10 years? 13 years? Mm, yeah. I don't know no facts. Like <laughs> It was just a long. It was unnecessary. It was a long time. It was unnecessary. I got you. Got you. Yes. Okay. I I'm going to spin the wheel. Well, okay. I have spun the wheel for the next question. Mm-hmm. And the number is seven. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So share a particularly challenging period from your upbringing and how you navigated through it. That just got so deep. It got mad deep. And I was unprepared for these questions like that. <laughs> like I just have to, you know, open up. No judgment, guys. No. I, I have to... Uh, um, explain this in, I guess, like a more, I'm trying to be fast with it, but like 19 things just popped up in my head. I just had a very interesting childhood mm -hmm. and I'll say 
at every milestone, something traumatic happened. Um, and as I'm sitting and reflecting on each specific thing, I think the commonality is how I approached getting the information to survive in it and then like how to use the lesson to thrive in another season. So I don't feel like they're again, exclusive to like, Oh, I stubbed my toe and then my paper fell and then my backpack unzipped. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's not like separate occurrences. Yeah. I think what happened when I was four, helped me for what was going to happen when I was seven, helped me for what happened, what was going to happen when I was 10. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So a lot of small things have happened, very traumatic things, um, just kind of overhead them, sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, divorce in my family, um, psychological abuse. um, And then I just became like a little boy on the inside. So it was like... Mm -hmm fighting everybody, getting kicked out of school, um, having sex at a, a very young age, um, angry, getting kicked out the house. Girl, I've lived a life. Wow. Um, not being able to fully finish college where I wanted to finish college because that was the weirdest thing about it. I did everything I was supposed to, but somehow my mother's income changed because she ended up getting, well, it wasn't somehow she, her income ended up changing because she got back with my stepdad Mm -hmm. and I was affected by my financial aid. It was just the stupidest thing. Cause had they just left it, I would have been fine. Cause my brother lived in San Diego and I would have been able to finish the rest of my three years without an issue. But I promise you, Jada, I promise you, I went into this particular college church night because I was like walking past and I heard them singing gospel music. And it was a song that I was like singing that week. It was like a whole moment. I walk in and I hear this man instantly talking about anger and like sexual um, offenses. He said Mm -hmm. it wasn't like you're doing it. It was done to you. And like, you're trying to let stuff go. And I literally was just like, why am I crying? Like what's happening? Mm -hmm. So I went into the service and he was like, I want to pray for you. And I was like, it was almost like, I know come like, yeah, come, come to me. And um, it really like reignited my relationship with God because obviously my life made me like, skeptical so I'm like mm. he can't exist it's too much going on um and then again like feeling the unfairness of like having to be the child that dealt with the heavy stuff while like all my other siblings get to go be free and have fun and like be children almost you know mm. yeah um so I remember him praying for me and then like after that I was like okay lord whatever your will is I want to do that And they literally told me, like, I had to get out of my dorm the next day. It probably wasn't the next day, but it felt like it was the next day. It was just a a random thing. And I was like, God, I said I was ready for your will. What are you doing? He was like, giving you my will. What do you mean? Like, you said you wanted to do what I want you to do. So even that was, like, hard to swallow because it's like college is not – how's college outside 
outside your will. You know, how is me getting a degree outside your will? Is mm-hmm. it the time? Like, you know, all of those things I couldn't necessarily answer at the moment. Um, but that helped me go into the next situation, which was getting a professional job um, that allowed me really the space to grow up um, for real, not like mm-hmm. I was forced to. So I worked in finance for like seven years and then he told me to quit my job and now I'm an entrepreneur, you know. So everything, like I said, kind of leads to the next thing. So said all that to say, obviously, recently we met after my accident. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that my accident, uh, just kind of a quick synopsis for the (laughs) folks that are going to watch. I was on my birthday trip and angry that I was the only one that was there. Some of my friends weren't available and it just... Somebody was supposed to be going with me, and then he, like, backed out last minute. It was just a lot. I was angry, and I was upset, but I was like, I'm mm-hmm. going. So I took myself to Savannah, and I was driving back up the next day, and my car hydroplaned in the rain. So I um, got into this terrible accident, broke my back in three places, and was uncertain if I'd be walking and, like, normal again. But the Lord was like, yes, you will. Amen. As a matter of fact, we're going to do this quickly. Um, <laughs> listen, so I was in the hospital for, for three months and capable of walking without assistance like five, six months after, which is a significant, like that's a short amount of time for the type of breaks that I have. So I'm super mm-hmm. thankful. Again, you know, um, why? <laughs> we're like, hey, <laughs> why? Um, but... Although I don't have like a solid answer, one of the things that came from that accident was a relationship with this lady named Stephanie, who was there um, Mm -hmm. at the scene of my accident, complete stranger to me. She comes to me two months after I kind of like ask God, what's up? I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to walk in all these things. She comes, says, "Uh, I've been trying to like, I've been talking to your mom. I've been trying to get here to let you know that you're important to God. And I just immediately start crying because I don't know this lady. Just the first time I saw her was at my accident. So she Mm -hmm. tells me, um your car I didn't know all of this she was like your car was hanging off a cliff it was sunk into like the middle of the highway if you were driving our direction you wouldn't have been able to see it and then on the other side it looked like just an abandoned car you couldn't see inside of your car she said I fear if I wasn't there you would have died because you were I'm the one who woke you up like I was the one making sure you stayed engaged And I'm the one who saw you fall off this cliff. She said, but how I got there is what I want you to understand. So she said that she was at a conference and she was supposed to spend like two or three more days there. But Mm -hmm. God literally told her to just get up and go. She was literally just sitting in a conference and heard the voice of God say, get up, go home now. So I literally was just in like tears, like, oh, you do care about my life, you know. No, a miracle. Up until that point, I mean, just again, like how hard it is for me to just talk about the things and I'm giving the surface details, but there's like, you know, tumultuous things, deep rooted things that make me or had made me angry up until that point. Um, So I think what the significance of that moment has to teach me more so um, than anything else is that like God sees us, Mm. you know, and he's like going to complete what he said, no matter like what happens to us. Um, And then rest, like I had to rest. Before that, I was like a true African. I had 17 jobs. (laughs) 
hair, babysitting, uh, personal assistant, doing all, a pastor, doing all types of stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it taught me the importance of rest. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's a good place to stop. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being so vulnerable with us. Wow. Thank you, God, for blessing us with Muna. Thank you. Saving her. Thank you. (laughs) Your will. I remember. Your will. No problem. No. Wow. That's so amazing. You got questions? I was going to say, I feel like... No. I I don't have any questions. I was just thinking... I was trying to see if I could pinpoint like a challenging period in my life. And I don't personally think I can, but the reason I was thinking I can't is because I was recently talking to my mom about this because my mom is constantly concerned. She's always expressing her concern for me. Um, And like the way she does it is she'll just be like, Jade, are you okay? Did something happen? Because of just how I currently live my life or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we we recently had a conversation. And so she was saying, like, she apologizes to me sometimes. She'd be like, if I ever did anything to make you feel a type of way, I'm sorry. And I'm like, woman, stop apologizing. You ain't do nothing. But she was saying when I was younger, which I don't even remember, mm-hmm. she was saying I used to like hide underneath tables and wait and I remember waiting till people like went upstairs to go down to the kitchen to make food so I could like be alone I remember that but I don't remember hiding under tables and hiding inside of closets I was like oh that's that's wild and so I can understand from her perspective now like remembering stuff about me and thinking okay why is she acting like that Mm -hmm. um and so she's just constantly always asking me if anything happened. You know, you can tell me anything, but I don't remember nothing happening. And so that's what I, I was just thinking if I could pinpoint, like, pinpoint a challenging period in my life. But I think that's the thing I need to, I probably just need to like talk out a bunch of stuff, like have a therapist ask me some questions and then maybe it'll like spark something. I'll be like, whoa I had no idea that could be traumatic (laughs) (laughs) I got you I got you but yeah Yeah. you you saying that made me think about like certain instances where like I I had to kind of force myself on my family Mm. like I didn't feel I knew that I was invited or welcome but it was like are you going to welcome me Mm. you know do I have to kind of push myself into this space again and then that kind of became tiring so that you saying that made me think of like when I kind of withdrew from this, the process or the space of like um showing up for people and it's definitely not like in my past like this is definitely more recently like mm. I need a minute need a second y'all yeah um, but yeah yeah no even even to that point like with this podcast and all this stuff it's making me think more about my life and how I 
approach things. And something I've realized most recently is that I have actually really stifled myself in growing because of this point of, oh, I don't want to, and this is going to sound so bad, but like, I didn't want to have to show up for people the way I saw people showing up for each other in my family. And for instance, like I didn't get my license. I didn't get my license till before my junior year of college because I saw the way certain people in my family would run my cousins around, like, come pick me up from here, go do this, go do that. Da-da-da-da. And it's because a lot of the times the reasoning was like, oh, well, you don't have this going for yourself or you don't have this job or whatever. So you have the time to go do this for me. And I was like, ooh, mm-mm, I don't want to do that. I got the time. I got the No, yeah. No, but even, but I kind of knew, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I knew I wouldn't necessarily have something like going on like a set in stone schedule. And so to combat that, I was like, well, I'm just not going to get a license. And I won't be able to drive, but I'll I'll be able to ask somebody, hey, pick me up or something. But in turn, that stifled my growth on that side. And there's just other things. Like I was talking to a friend recently and I was like, I realized about myself, I don't like people asking me questions mm-hmm. to do things. And so someone will ask me a question almost immediately. My response is, I don't know. And then I'll think about it and be like, oh, I do know, but I don't. But if I give you the answer, then you're going to ask me more questions or you're going to ask me to do the thing. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't want to do that. But I need to Mm -hmm. be open to being there for people Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't like negatively affect me. But Mm -hmm. also I can help other people. But that's something that I recently thought about, too, like pulling myself back. But in turn, it kind of stifled me as a person. Yeah, it, it's just, you just have to do it. it and it's not overnight because mm. there's a comfort that you've kind of created within yourself. It's like, well, I spent all this time by myself more recently. I don't really need, you know, but yeah, it, 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 it really is just going to like spark for you. I, I totally get it. That's something like, yeah. <laughs> it's going to spark for you. Yeah. Mm. I love to spark. I don't know if I'm ready for it to spark though. It's crazy. It'll it'll be it'll feel natural because again you're not obligated. And now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, it's probably why I moved all the way over here because my all my family's in Las Vegas. <laughs> Girl, I it it'll it'll hit you. You'll learn how to show up and how like boundaries you'll learn the proper mm. boundaries i think that's the the main word for that because you can't what good am i if i show up for you and i don't even feel like i have all my mental faculties for me mm. you know because spending yeah. time by yourself is not just sitting in a room and watching netflix like it's there has to be something constructive going on that makes you feel like you're being rejuvenated so if that's prayer mm. you know i, I don't know if your audience is all christian but some sort of reflective exercise self-care um getting your nails done meditation exercise you get what i'm saying like yeah it, it could be a multitude of things or like a plethora of things but it's definitely important definitely definitely important for the balance 
Because then, like, how do you really know who you are if you don't? You know, you you change mm. constantly. So, yeah. And that's wild. All this changing and growing. It's nice, but it is wild. Wild. <laughs> because sure. I was even I was even talking about that with my Bible study group recently. I don't remember what question they asked. Oh, the question they asked was, what do you either need to like stop doing or what do you need to give up to strengthen your relationship with God or something like that along those yeah. lines. Yeah. And as soon as they asked the question, I was like, Ugh, because <laughs> I know the things they are coming up, but it's also, it's also like these things that I would need to give up. It's literally who I am. And so if I'm not these things, I don't know. Exactly. Like what? Now, now Jada, this is why you need to go read Joseph. I'm not going to hold you. This is why. The story of Joseph is like what you just said is prominent to like your next phase for sure. Mm. Joseph gets put in, he gets sold. Like you said, he got sold into slavery. The house that he gets sold into is like, he's like the general of the, the army. The soldiers mm -hmm. basically that brought him there. And he has a wife. His name's Potiphar. And then we don't know his wife's name. Her name is just Potiphar's wife, right? Okay. But Joseph leaves the space that he's in with this, like this cloak that his father gave him. He kind of grew into it, the colorful cloak. You've heard of that, right? Mm -mm. Okay. So he has this colorful cloak. It makes his brothers jealous. It's like, like, why does Joseph get this special treatment, this special coat? You don't make him do what we do. He over there, you know. It was like almost another layer of showing his brothers that he was different. But it for him, I feel because of the same experience that like knowing the Joseph story or feeling it in my own life. It's like this actually feels like a restriction. Like this is all that I can be. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But it is who I am, so I'm I'm going to accept it. And in some ways, he started to kind of embrace this thing being him. So this is a part of Joseph's identity. Joseph with the cloak of many colors. That very thing that made him feel like I'm comfortable in my own skin. I know what God has called me to do. I know what God has called me to be. Got stripped from him when Potiphar's wife tried to like sexually assault him essentially and he never got it back that's crazy he never got it back the gist of it is and i'll let you read it he got something better but mm -hmm. that space that you're in it's like when you read scripture and try to like see because scripture is history it's it's true yeah. text you get what i'm saying when you stop looking at it like some sort of fairy tale, like far off from you and kind of like see where you fit in it, it, it can illuminate some things and become alive. So like what you just said just made me think of that moment where Joseph's he grew up with this thing. Like this is definitely who he is. And then it gets stripped from him. And now he has to figure out because he obviously the woman obviously lied on him and he gets thrown back into prison. So it's like. What am I? Ew. This ain't fair. <laughs> so he has to figure out who he is again. It's just evident that, like, again, change happens. It's inevitable for sure. Mm. Yeah, mm. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I would definitely check that out. Like, as far as I've gotten with Joseph, is I watched I watched the VeggieTale versions of it. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, that's just, that's the majority of what I know. <laughs> I got you. I got you. There's an actual movie like The Prince of Egypt type. I think it was the same people. Ah, uh, I saw someone do a movie review of that. Of Joseph, it was like a cynical one of The Prince of Egypt. Oh. No, it wasn't like a bad cynical one, but okay. like I don't even remember the name of the channel. Oh, Cinema Sins. They're so funny. Okay. That's relevant. Nope, I'm gonna go look it up. (laughs) Yeah, no. I like the channel. They're funny. Okay, anyway. The next number Uh is number two. Um I feel like we kind of just talked about this. Uh can you share a time when resilience played a key role in your life? Yeah. The accident. In times past, again, I, I just feel like if you look at things the right way, they can help you with the next season. Mm. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Resilience. Getting back up again after I got knocked back down. That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> that And that's kind of another thing I was talking to my mom about. My I, I was having a friend... No, I was having a conversation with a friend in mm-hmm. college and she was just talking about like her therapy journey and her therapist had told her there's like different types of depression or something and how it can work with your mind and how for my friend, she has something where she can like vividly remember the things that happened to her. But on a different spectrum, mm-hmm. there's like people who just don't remember anything. And so... I'm constantly questioning myself because I just don't remember nothing. Like there are probably five moments in my life that like I can remember without someone having to kind of feed me what happened for me to remember. So resilience. I don't know. I've I've bounced back from something in my life. I'm pretty of course yeah mm-hmm. yes <laughs> okay is where we are <laughs> next question got you got you <laughs> okay the next number is number four mm-hmm. what is one of the fondest childhood memories that you have mm, fondest childhood memories I think going to watch my brother graduate from the Naval Academy. That's so nice. That was fun. I'm I'm confusing the two moments. I was going to say, because no, that was the same moment. All right. So he was in Rhode Island. He was stationed in Rhode Island. But then he moved to, or it might have been the other way around. I think he was stationed in Rhode Island first. I just remember us, I want to say it was Maryland. I just remember us driving. I'm, I'm trying to think because I don't want to miss, mix the two up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was two different moments. The first one is watching <laughs> him because I'm like, that was in Rhode Island for sure. 
watching him um, receive high honors because he graduated third of his class, like top oh. three of his class. Right. Period. Not to be played with. Um, right now, he's a commander in the Navy. Like, Pentagon. He's that wow. guy. Period. <laughs> he's that guy. And uh, I remember being young and him saying, like, I'm running for president. Like, I was like, why do you watch politics so much? Like, why do you watch CNN so much? It's like, because I'm going to be the first black president. And I was like, okay, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. So um, even now, like, we're talking about him being, like, running for some sort of political office. And it's just really, really cool because it's a real thing. So that was a yeah. good moment. Um, the second moment was him living in Rhode Island. He was stationed in, I don't know if it was before or after his stint at the Naval Academy. I want to say it was after. But we went to go visit him and I was like, Rhode Island, this is really cool. Because who goes to Rhode Island? Like, you know. Um, yeah. Where Where am I right now? <laughs> but I remember driving down this highway and I'd say it was the first time I realized I had like a musical ability. Um mm. I was listening, girl, it's a whole experience. <laughs> I was listening to Andre 3000's um, Love Below album. It's my favorite album now because of this moment. Driving down this highway and the um, Happy Valentine's Day song is playing. Forgive the dogs. Clearly, they haven't seen their owner all day. Aww. Sheesh. Um, we were listening to the Happy Valentine's Day song and then Prototype came on. Kid you not. You would have thought I took PCP or something. <laughs> the guitar opened. Da, 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 no, no. And I'm like looking out the window. And all of a sudden the trees turn pink. I'm just like. <laughs> and I'm just like looking around and everything is like floating and it becomes animated. And my brother like turns around. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, yes. You know, like. It just was weird. It was like this moment where the music kind of like just took me to another space. Immediately after that, I was like, I want to say, I want to say, I need to know how to do this. So it kind of like opened me up to that. But I'll say those things like significant moments were with my brother because those are two moments I remember with him. That's so cute. Thanks. No, I, I love those no, those sure. like music video moments in the car with music. Like you just be out there. It's just cinema. <laughs> I said something is wrong. Not something <laughs> is wrong. Cause it's just <laughs> random. Like my nah, nah. I was like, wow. Oh, I kinda like this though. What's happening? Hello. Yeah. yeah. That's so cute. I feel like a lot of my my uncle was in the Navy. And my mm -hmm. cousin is currently in the Naval Academy. But like a moment that my parents talk about, or at least my dad talks about, is when my uncle was graduating, they were driving there. And I think they were on 285. And 285 mm -hmm. is a highway that goes around in a circle. Mm -hmm. um, and so my dad, I think he my grandfather was driving on my mom's side and my dad's like um I think we need to get off at this exit and my grandpa was like oh we got someone with a college education <laughs> think he knows everything tell me where to go 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> and then so my mom and like her sisters are like, Jeffrey, just be quiet. Just be quiet. And they ended up going around in a circle. Um, and then my dad wanted to say something like, oh, well, no, he did. He said, oh, look, we're back. <laughs> but I think I feel like a lot of Naval Academy stories are probably at least like not back in the day, but about like driving and trying to figure out where you are. I feel like those are like really good moments. Car, road trip, <laughs> road trip. Because it's so like I remember it being just like far off. Far mm. off of this thing. So yeah, that yeah. Yeah. Cool little moment. No. Um when I think and I I think right now because I'm in such this digital space, but my fondest moments are and they're like various ones, but I got this Disney laptop for Christmas when I was who knows how old I was. I was probably, I was definitely younger than 10, maybe like seven, 10 in that age range. The V, not the VCRs, but the camcorders. the camcorders. Yeah, that you would put on your hand or that you could, we had a tripod that we could put it up on. And so um, iCarly was a thing. And <laughs> when I got my laptop, my brother and I, we would film iJada. And so <laughs> we would be in the living room. My brother would hold the laptop backwards so we could use the webcam to record. <laughs> and I would do segments and then he would flash on and off the lights so we could do the random dancing. Uh, it was just CDs. No, okay. And that's what I'm saying. I think it's such a thing now because mm -hmm. I want to find these videos. And then like on the camcorders, me and my sister, I well, my sister is she was born when I was five years old. So she was a lot younger than me. Well, she's five years younger than me. But like I would put up the camcorder and then we would have like these nursery rhymes or these songs and I would be dancing and performing to the songs. And my sister would just be jumping around and dancing like with me. And so there's just like all these moments that I have no access to right now. Gotcha. Like my sister still has the Disney laptop, but she doesn't know where the charger is. Mm -hmm. And then recently, like when my... When my dad moved, the camcorder videos, like the, are they cassette tapes? Is that what mm -hmm. they're called? Mm -hmm. We don't know where they are. And okay. I'm, I'm so sad because okay. I, I just want to see those genuine moments again. I will say that's probably, all of my fondest moments are probably the ones that were captured on camera because I can see. basically like visually see them. Mm -hmm. And it's like. Oh, these are so cute. Oh, I have a moment on my phone, though, that it's of me and my sister dancing in the living room. And <laughs> oh, Lord, I, I'm a better person now, but like I just pushed her out of the way. <laughs> she it's my time. This is my time. No, precisely. That's exactly what happened. And I just, uh, it's just so much fun. And she, she just got back up smiling and then started dancing again. Like, uh, oh. Yeah. Little sisters are like that. They just, yeah. they're resilient. For sure. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I treated I Joy so bad. <sighs> you some apologies, huh? No. No, I definitely do. I definitely do. Wild. Like, when I used to share a room with my sister, 
Mm -hmm. And I think this probably like changed me as like a person because (laughs) one time I was like up at night and then my sister was sleeping and I heard her say, no, Jada, no. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's having a nightmare about me. I'm a horrible person and I had to stop. (laughs) And that's when I turned over a new leaf because that's wild. I can't be the source of her trauma. (laughs) Exactly. And I I probably didn't even realize, like, well, we're not going to get into that. (laughs) Young Jada was, she was, like, the character. Yes. It's all right. Mm. It's all right. But I have changed. (laughs) You're going to need that when you run into Fortune 500. That's that's how, everything is for later. That's, yeah. It's going to make sense later. Yeah, that's. Oh, that's wild. Maybe. Let's just say maybe. Maybe. Some parts do need to die. But but some parts could, you know, be used for later. LOL. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to spin the wheel. Okay. Okay. Number 10. Yay. (laughs) All right. Number 10. Share a favorite or influential memory from your childhood. I feel like we kind of just did that. These seem to be the same question. Intertwining. Yeah, yeah, I probably, yeah. Yeah. Me uh, on PCP listening to The Love Below. Not and- me on PCP. At <laughs> <laughs> seven years old. <laughs> My fondest moment, guys. Favorite. L O. Okay. Number nine. Okay, how do you see the influence of your family's past generations in your current life and decisions? Mm, they have significantly influenced my religious beliefs. Mm. And uh, through through like the tradition of us having to go to church constantly in, in um, certain settings has like made me like, well, why is this the religion that I was introduced to? You mm. know, my dad doesn't believe in anything, which is strange because Ethiopia is literally where the Dead Sea Scrolls came from, which is <laughs> the basis for Christianity. She's kind of like, why don't you believe? Let me <laughs> talk to me. Um, But I'll, I'll say like, just doing his, like, research world history having an interest in like the way things are the systems and and stuff like that and then just seeing the effects of it in my family specifically um Mm. definitely i'll say it's influenced my religious beliefs uh significantly yeah yeah what about Mm. you Hmm. i'm not sure about like past generations because now that i think about it No, my family kind of stops like with immediate, not immediate, immediate, but like people who live where you are type Mm. of, that's how much you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And so how has my, what was the question? How has my family influenced me? Past generations influenced like your decision making now? Oh, my decision making. I make good decisions. That's right. Uh, that's right. to speak that into existence correct um hmm. i'll say it it's influenced me because kind of like i was saying earlier my mom and like my aunt 
helping out other people um and just seeing that Mm -hmm. I think it's and also kind of I'll say entertainment has influenced how I like my outlook on life a lot the things that were shown to me um and like music and things like that and so I'd say because of that my decisions are often like consideration based like Mm -hmm. on consideration for this person or this like it's not usually it's not about me (laughs) I feel like I contradict myself sometimes because you're fine on one hand no I mean like just when I'm thinking on one hand I feel like I'm a really considerate person and I'm often told like I need to not consider people in decisions that I make but also I see myself as being very selfish um, or having my interest at heart a lot. Huh. That's a good question. I pro- That's probably it, though. Mother-father decision-making. Oh, I will say something I'm starting to get into more recently is kind of realizing like the standards I have for the life that I live um because I've been traveling since I was born really (laughs) and so kind of seeing that aspect of what I expect for my future just traveling and meeting new people where this traveling like in state just going somewhere um that's kind of like influenced by your mom um more so by my dad my dad he like loves to travel makes it a thing gotcha and it's really nice i really appreciate it yeah yeah Hmm. you you said something that i think is prominent to just like adulthood because it is a thing um and i say this all the time and i think i've said it to you before life is not linear it's not a straight line so you feel like you're contradicting yourself because you're coming back to a space that you were like in before and you're like I want to do something different and then Mm. you do the the different thing and you realize oh wait I did both I didn't stay consistent in this particular area and you won't I promise you 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 know which is why I said like there's it's hard to pinpoint a thing that helps me with another thing because I just know that it gets me to the next space. And a lot of things, especially like with people like me specifically who have gone through like a lot of crap, just like a lot, a lot, a lot mm. of stuff. You try to forget certain things, you know, so that they don't affect you in your now. Or if they do, it's positive. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the reality is like, Certain stuff just makes you not want to continue. You know, that's not that's not a contradiction. That's the reality of the space that you've been in. You know, Mm -hmm. so you saying that made me like just want to reiterate to the village that (laughs) sometimes life is not linear. It's not a straight line. It's cyclical, and you'll come across the same things, not the same people. That's something else, right? I'm dating the same guy over there. Hold on. It's time for a couch. 
Well, that is time for a couch. I'm just no. saying. Or a script. Yes. Or, you know, whatever, yeah. your, whatever your fancy is. Um, but just like experiences and how you handle certain circumstances and things, they're going to change. You know, that doesn't mean that you're a contradiction. It just means that you have more information. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that really is kind of like what like self-analysis like self-awareness is you just have more information about yourself versus just kind of going through it and not picking up or remembering what it is that was just done Mm -hmm. it made me feel like i was oprah for a minute no period (laughs) ayana oh not what is what is her name? Ayana? Banzant. It may not be that. I may be wrong. I, 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 like I I, Yolanda. No, it's not Yolanda. Because there's an L like, in there, and I don't know if it's silent. I don't know. Uh, Ilan, Ilan, I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> what her mama named her? That's what her name is. What if her name is like Willa May, and she's doing the um, Annalise Keating thing? Huh. Like what it you know like have you watched How to Get Away with Murder? Oh, I have a I little anime, but she's like it's Annalise. What if her name is like Anna Lynn, and she's like, call me I I I, I I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's the fact that we can't say her name though. <laughs> <laughs> I it's like and it hurts because I can feel it in my mouth, but it won't. It come won't out. come out. Rude. It's just rude. That's rude. <laughs> no, absolutely. Alanya. Dang. That's not I it. Know I know it. that. No. It's like Ayana. Mm-mm. That L is what's tripping me up. Because I can see it and I don't know how to say it. That's what's happening. Wild. Let's see that L. Let's move on. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. I'm telling you, these questions are the same, girl. Okay. Mm. Oh, okay. I'm just going to ask another question. Uh, question one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What's a pivotal piece of wisdom you've inherited from your family that guides you? Hmm. My mom told me, really, I want to say it's the only thing that I can like say has been true. Cause she says a lot. I'm sorry, I may say it like that. <laughs> Evelyn, no, parents they say a lot. They be saying a lot. Um, but one thing that has stuck with me because it's proven to be true, I'll do my mom and my dad. Uh, is don't tell somebody something that you know will hurt their feelings. Mm. That is important. And especially from the spaces of like my life, like being a Christian, being spiritual, being an intellect, being a creative, being family oriented, being Ethiopian. Um, it has, uh, I don't know, you went away. Okay. No, I saw myself also go away and I was like, hold up, did my camera just die? What? <laughs> okay. Hold up. Um, just all those faces, like, 
when you're being an Ethiopian saying asking someone if they're like Habesha is offensive because of the history of like the war. Um okay. being spiritual, you know, certain things you just have to be careful of. Um being a Christian again, you just kinda have to be careful of. Having friends who like like I remember I saw one of my friends, their wife was like cheating on them and I didn't actually see them cheating. I saw like a text message from them to mm. a friend of mine and it was I was like, I'm not can't, you know. Um simply because you just don't know how that will affect the person. Um mm. Now, conversation, obviously, I had a conversation with the friend, and it, it kind of led to them. I don't know. When I really want to, I can talk. I don't like to, per se, but, like, I can get to the bottom of a situation, just kind of get a person's feel for, you know, the subject matter. So one thing that he expressed was just, like, there's an understanding between the two of them. And, um, you know... It, had I said, well, I saw this, I would have either looked jealous or um, uh, would have had to, like, carry him in a season because I'm the person who saw it and I'm the only one who understands. It could have mm. embarrassed him, you know? Um, a lot of things. So my mom has been correct in, like I said, all the areas of my life that I've, like, tested it in and saying, like, don't tell people something, you know, it's going right. to I have a question about that. Yeah. Because um, my mom has told me something similar, but it's something like if you see someone in a public setting or something and they can't fix an issue, like say they had like something in their teeth or a skirt or something, they can't fix it within like five minutes, then don't tell them. Because then throughout the rest of the day, they could be thinking about, oh man, I have this rip or something and I can't fix it. But in terms of like not telling something, someone something because it could hurt them, how does that, what if it's something that you know could potentially hurt them, but it's something that needs to change about a person? Like how, how does that kind of play into? It goes, it goes into the conversation that I had with my friend. Like mm. you have to ask fact finding questions okay. because I think what happens is, um, our experience, and I don't want to like, I, I'm careful with my words. I don't want to mm. group us into a space, right? You and mm. I are Af essentially African-American women or Black American women mm. that are in millennial age group that live in Atlanta. Like we are a subsect of experience. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think the, the, the point is to ask fact-finding questions. You cannot assume that what you think is an issue, like you're mm. saying, something in your teeth, that's not necessarily something that's going to hurt somebody. That's yeah. me caring for you. You get what I'm saying? Uh. Your skirt having a rip, that's me caring for you in the sense of like, I don't want you to be embarrassed, but like something heavy, something like that doesn't have to do with them. Again, like kind of publicly being humiliated. Mm. In, in in like an immediate sense like it, yeah there's just a difference uh, fact finding questions you have to you have to ask something like if they need to change it you have to ask fact finding questions to see if they even understand that that's the thing because they may be that way for a reason you get what I'm saying yes sometimes it's there and I'll say this even though I work in social media that's one of the things I hate about it we don't give each other grace we just 
we we assume that because everybody's on this particular platform that like their word is bond and their word is gold and half the stuff we see is just like somebody being irritated by their boyfriend and then they like get on there and post something it's like it's mm. not full experience this i'm so sorry like yeah you're you saying this can help someone along the way but most women don't experience relationships the way that you have because some of them have different standards <laughs> set standards <laughs> not even talk to you if I feel you get what I'm saying yeah I'm not I'm not doing the situation shift thing so I can't relate sorry you know <laughs> when a, like you know it, and it's not a again grace grace is a thing now that's something that's internal right I'm not about to be in no situation shit so what I'm not gonna say to you is your perspective is dumb it's one-sided mm. right yeah I probably would never say your perspective is dumb because that's just not my language but I wouldn't say this is wrong. I think I think you can reevaluate this. I'm gonna say, why'd you post that? Yeah. What happened? I I like that. You know Ask fact finding questions because and that often makes people kind of reflect on, oh, why themselves. why did I do that? Themselves. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, because you can't change them. My mom, there you go. You can't change them. You can't change anybody. Mm. They can change themselves, though. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, I really like that. Okay, I'm not going to answer the question only because we're coming up on time and we need okay. to, I need to do the last <laughs> segment. Go ahead, yeah. Um, but I really, I, I really like that. Okay, for this last segment, we're going to just, you know, reflect. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask you if you could share any closing remarks. But it doesn't have to be related to anything we talked about this episode. It could be whatever's on your heart to share. Mm -hmm. And then we'll probably have a conversation about whatever you said. <laughs> it's a few things that I think I really want to kind of help guide um, it, like I'm coming from the space of like an older generation, even though I'm not like, you know, significantly older. Yeah. I think like I'm closing a chapter on relationships in my life, specifically romantic relationships. And I really mm -hmm. want to give guidance for both men and women on how to like walk in a healthy manner when it comes to relationships with themselves and relationships with people that they want to get into some romantic space with. Um, Again, you the the space of like situationships I have seen, and it's really been a burden. I've seen them kind of like make everybody skeptical about everything, and there's this no grace, no getting to know you phase anymore because there's mm. always again the assumption that. I get you already like because mm. you show up in a certain space I'm I'm good on you but the the reason that standards and stuff like that exists for example like me how I literally just said I'm not getting into a situation ship is because I have taken the time to get to know myself and what what triggers me what makes me feel unsafe what I value 
in relationships. Um, what's important to me to feel inspired even, cause I don't want to just be in a relationship with the person who I have to carry around. Even if you meet all the other, you know, things or, or my marks, if you will, cause I really don't have any like physical things. That I'm like, you gotta be da da da, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it really is more so like intellectual, um, personality wise. Like I have a big personality. I'm seven different people on inside. <laughs> Any given moment, I can be British, Australian, Asian. It's just a lot going on. Um, so I think having those clear roadmaps, those clear guides to know who you are. Um, is going to help you kind of filter through people who are just playing a game. Mm -hmm. But then you have to be mindful of where you're meeting people. Like, it all matters. Essentially, what I'm saying is, like, things don't go wrong. They start wrong. Right? So, <laughs> hear me out. Right? Go to the grocery store. And you meet somebody. That's okay. Because... It's an unexpected place. You kind of both are in a, in, your guard is down, you're vulnerable. So there's more room for you guys to grow in an innocent manner. You go mm. to the gas station, innocent manner, the library, a public space, like a public space where there's a neutral, like there's neutrality. Both mm -hmm. of you are vulnerable, right? You're not intentionally looking for anything. You just yeah. kind of run into it. Those are the best spaces to be open to something like that. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The club? Maybe not. <laughs> the bar? Maybe not. Um, A concert, okay. But, like, I'm just going to say it. Like, these dating platforms? Let's, let's just, like, that's so lazy. That is so lazy that's so lazy stop it i i disagree that it's lazy because i know some people i know some people who put in like work because there's this lady on like youtube mm -hmm. and she was saying she went on a number of dates let's say it's like 30 dates in a month or something like one date a day and she, but she, her thought process was the more dates she goes on like the more people she can get through and not like date <laughs> and not like dating, but like yeah. dating in a sit down talk to this person see what's up type mm -hmm. of way because there's so many people on dating apps and then and then she did end up getting married, I think. I'm pretty sure. I remember all the story. But I remember her saying that. I don't like dating apps because, I don't know, texting people is weird. Um, if I don't, like, know you already, it doesn't make sense Yeah. <laughs> like, I need to see your person. I need to feel your energy. And that's why I'm saying it's lazy. Because, like, mm. you meet someone on an app and then you, you set up a date, obviously. But, like, you immediately go to... The space of phys like it has to be physical, it has to be. Yeah. Because the time that you would have taken to like the initial conversation that would have given you a pace, almost to say, "Oh, I already saw them and I liked what I saw, so let me just get to know them." It's instantly like we have to finish that mm. initial moment now. Like, um, mm. I just. I, 
every and I obviously have been on like I've been on Facebook dating because the other ones just seemed weird. Facebook dating? Yes, I want to. They say have a dating app, girl. It's the whole thing. And I, I met somebody off of the Facebook dating situation, but it was like again, this is all you can. Like this is all you want for me. This mm. is this, this is the end because mm. of how we met. Every person that I met and. I'm not saying obviously it's gospel, but I'm just saying it's wisdom to to have that pace first. Mm. To meet somebody in a public space and feel that initial energy so you can build on that together. Cause like it just is so that's the word I can it, that like that's the only word that's coming up. <laughs> it's so lazy to be like, yeah. yeah, this is how we're gonna start this. And some people have met on dating apps, but it, they have a lot of at least the people that I've Obviously, I don't know everybody, but the people that I've seen, they have a lot of problems because, again, there's no, like, true building. And conversation is important, but you're not, like, what conversation are you having on a dating app? You get what I'm saying? You know, like, anyway, so um, I would say that that's that's a bit of wisdom. Just, Just don't assume. Don't assume. Take your time. Don't be, um, it, and I just, we adults. If you're dating for sex, then don't post nothing crazy on social media after. Like, <laughs> you have to be mindful of why you're going into this space because mm-hmm. it just feels like you're clouding, the, the, your judgment is clouded and you're confusing the two. You didn't start this space off with the mindset that I want to find a significant other. So when it ends up you in a situation because you like, well, I want this and he don't want that. Okay. So what you do next is you move on to the person who wants what you want. Right. But you have to be honest. And like, if you're willing to stay with the person who says they don't want what you want, then you don't want what you want. It's that simple. You get what yeah. I'm saying? You don't mm-hmm. want what it is that you, you don't really have that standard. And that's fine. No one is saying that it's wrong per se. That's fine. But don't, then put everybody in this space of saying this, all this is trash. You get what I'm saying? Like all this is not good because of your lack of willing to be patient with the process. Um, That's just something that's been like on my mind. I've been looking at and I'm just like, "Mm -mm. Mm -mm." yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's some really good advice because yes, that's much needed in the world we currently live in. Yeah, just 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 have have some standards for real, and and be happy with be happy with who you are. Be happy by yourself. It's great. I'm 31 now, and at 25 I was like, um, I need a. Now I'm like, actually, (laughs) is marriage on the doc? Is it on there at all? I'm cool if it's not, as long as we keep, you know. Traveling and doing all it is, I'm I'm fine with it, you know. But um, yeah, I think I think you just have to get in a place where like you're being honest with yourself and authentic with yourself, and then you'll find you'll find someone if that's what you want. But like, be be for real about what you want. Be sure about what you want. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I love that. That was really good advice. Wow, thank you so much for coming on, Muna. This is thank great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Girl, it ain't nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was nervous because I was like, I've never done this, but anyway. No.
you're great. See, it's just like we're just chatting on FaceTime. <laughs> but um, if you want the people to find you places, uh, please leave your social medias, your websites, your anything. <laughs> Everything pretty much is um, connected to my Instagram. My name is Muna Ng. That's M-U-N-A. I-N-G, because I be being myself. I'm Muna Ng. Um, oh, and that's yeah. so cute. Thank you. No, I never even realized that. Okay. Yeah, I be, I be Muna Ng. That's, that's, what it, that's where it came from. Um, it's not funny, because, like, I started my Instagram when it was, like, 2010, and, like, Ng has become a whole thing right now. You know, like, I'm momming, I'm dadding, you know, like. Oh, like, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's become Adulting. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so like, oh, this you started thing. the trend. You just Maybe. starting all the trends. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that important yet, but I plan on. Nah, I don't know. Anyway, that was weird. Um, so Muna Ing is my Instagram. You can find me pretty much anywhere else from there. Uh, but on Facebook, my name is Muna Hiluf, which is my last name. Yeah, H I L U F as in Frank. Uh, yeah. So that's where you can find me. Cool. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. I hope you learned something. I hope you, I hope you had fun sitting in on this chat. Um, yes, you know, do all the things. If you have any other questions, like you want to ask or suggest for future village, <laughs> village voices, uh, leave them in the comments or you can go to our Instagram page and fill out the form that's in the link tree. And yes, thank you for tuning in and remember to keep creating a village wherever you go. Bye. Bye-bye.